Yesterday, we had a work day, and um, I, w- I took the picture, so, I mean, I just took the best of the best. I got to see that right there. I got, I got the best expressions I could, the people working. And there's Miss Abby and Dennis. Um, I just took a couple pictures I wanted to share this morning. Uh, we got an opportunity to, to get some things done. Still have more to do, but that's okay. There's probably always something to do. And probably my best picture is that right there. That's Jonathan. You know, youth, most youth, they just got to play it up. And Jonathan absolutely is is uh, a player-upper. He's pretty neat. And then uh, we wrapped it up with some uh, chicken and, and whatnot. And just said we had a good time. That's Abby right there. I don't know if you can see my green uh, pointer or not. but So I want us to through a little bit of what we talked about. I know we have some visitors this morning. I'm going to just quickly review some of Ephesians. So turn in your books to Ephesians 4. You don't necessarily need to follow me until we get to our scripture for today. But turn to Ephesians 4, and I want to just review on, on where we've been and what God's been speaking to us. And bottom line is, on, in 4, starting in verse 1, uh, where Paul starts out, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the call in which you were called. And and literally, I'm going to skip this stone now, so don't try to follow me. I'm just going to hit a couple of key words until I get to our scripture for today out of verse 25. But, you know, we, we are called. If, if we have put our trust in Christ as our Savior, we're called. And that call indwells us. Literally, as I repented and believed, the Spirit of Christ came within me. And I know sometimes we don't even talk about that. I mean, it, it, it seems far-fetched somehow that, you know, well, we know God loves us, and God's creator, and God sent his one and only son, Jesus, and he's expressing his love through Christ, who lived a sinless life that was crucified for our sins, was buried, and then he's alive today. He arose from the grave. He didn't stay stay dead, right? And And, and we know these things, and sometimes I think, and I have to remind myself, I know these things. And yet sometimes I wonder, do I really live them? Do I know them sometimes and remind it in my mind, but do I really put in my heart the eternity of it all? That, that we're to live our life right now in eternity. I'm a born-again believer. I have put my trust in Jesus Christ. And here Paul's saying, look, walk worthy of that call. Walk worthy of that call. What is worthy of a call in God? Think about this. What is worthy of a call in God? Through Christ, what, what does that mean? That we live a life that's holy and just, as imperfect as we are. But what is that like? Well, how do we live worthy of that call? And so he, he continues, and we've talked about this again the last several weeks. But then he started talking about spiritual gifts. And in verse 11, he told us that, and, and I'll speak it. It says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, edifying of the body of Christ, unity of faith. So God's about the business that we come together and that we're equipped. What are we equipped in? We're equipped in the word, that we would be a body that would be together, that we'd be a body that functions together, not individually. Now, we, we all have an individual faith, but if we, if we leave it there or think that's where faith stops, we're going to be in big trouble. It's like a family. 
it's like the family that's the perfect family because we all have one, right? You know, we might have, might have a, a child or two or three or four, and let's say we have a mom and dad and, and children. And I see that there are several families that would fit that description here today. And I'm sure if I gave them a moment, the mom and dad would rise up in testimony to say that their kids perfect and that they do everything they are told to do. And it doesn't matter. Wouldn't that be awesome? You want me to take a couple minutes? Would anyone willing to stand? No, I wouldn't. When you talk about families and you talk about whether it's the family of God or, or, or our, our family, you know, whatever that family, whatever makes up that family, and you talk about families, we know there's a lot of things that enter into the picture. Life enters into the picture. And just when you think you got life straight and down and things are on a road, something happens. Something happens. Now, something happens. Might be not a good thing, right? It might be Miss Trish going off this ravine and breaking her back, right? It might be, though, that good things happen. How about that? Things happen that we enjoy and that we celebrate. We celebrate uh, achievements and things that God is good and He brings our way and, and we can give glory to Him and give Him praise for these good things, but whether good or what doesn't seem so good, that God is glorified and praised. And how do we do that? As a body. When someone hurts, what do you do? You come together, or we should, as a body. When someone is celebrating something, what should we do? We should come together and celebrate as a body. Who here is the, the, has uh, several siblings and you're the youngest? Youngest, Okay. Would you up and share what that feels like to be? I'll give opportunity for the oldest to come up after you. Right? You're laughing because you know body, I mean, you know, families and the body of Christ, is it's not perfect. But what Paul wants us to understand is that really, in a sense, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Christ as the head of our body and his love, which has come within us and dwells within us us and his word that guides us. He said, walk worthy of the calling of which you have called. You have received the love of God. Now walk in it and walk in it as a body. Put yourself aside and love the love of God walk before you and embrace one another and encourage one another and to pray for one another. And as we're equipped to do that, he says, stand ready. He continues and he says, he talks about in verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That means we need the body to be complete. I, I don't want this to hit someone wrong, but I, I, you know, life is life and oh my. Um, so, I mean, if, if we have families, which we do, that have lost loved ones and, and and things like that, I, I fully understand. Um, our family has, so I guess I, I can speak things like this. But, but I do want us to understand something. If we are a family unit, whether we're, a, we're a, again, a, a family, a husband, wife, children, or whatever, or, or whatever our family is, um, if for some reason a part of that family is gone, we hurt. Don't we? I mean, even not just having Miss Trish here, I think we're going on, I think, five years now. It feels like eternity. It's been like four weeks. I mean, I, I mean, 
of course, we're still married. We still love one another just because she's not at church. But I miss her being here. Why? Because she's my family. She's my wife. God wants us to be a family. He wants us to be a family so that the fullness of Christ can be seen. How does that happen? Because there's no lone rangers. That when we come together and we, we, we use our spiritual gifts and we come together with the love of God and we start plugging in and working together and we start, we start speaking and giving testimony, witness to who God is in our life, then what happens? Then the body realizes the fullness of who we are in Christ. Not until then. We're, we're not, we're, we're, if we're a family of five and one of our family members is missing, we're still a family. I know, I know this seems simple. I know I'm hitting it. Just hear this out. But we rejoice when that fifth person comes in. We rejoice. Even when our kids get older, right, Lee, and they move away from home. What's it like when, when your son comes home for dinner? Or what? Right? Okay. It's awesome. So then he continues and he says this. I'll go to verse 16. From whom the whole body joined together, knitted together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. And I know I've hit this, guys. I know I've talked this for weeks now, but just hang in there. If you're here and you have put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're a part of his body, God intends for your part to work. He wants you to be a part of what's happening in the big picture. And I know, there again, we're a body, so you have ins and outs and you have struggles, and sometimes a body can't quite... Uh, do something, maybe it's sick, or maybe it's hurting, or maybe it's not equipped enough, but then the body comes together, and we start equipping, and speaking, and praying, and, and walking with one another, and, and we, we come to that place where we put our trust not only in Christ, but in the Word, and we allow His Word to take us where He wants us to go in maturing. Life is too short. Kids grow up too fast, right? He wants every part to do its work so that we, that it actually says in the word here, so it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And then as we continue, we're getting about toward last week, we started talking about how, how do we do this? How do we live as a body that's pleasing to Christ? How do we come together as a body or a family that's pleasing to Christ? Well, it's a give and take, and it's not about ourselves, that I might put you first and you might put me first, that you might you might consider why I'm um, angry or upset, or you might consider why I seem to be doing something. Here, here it comes. It's a biblical word, boys and girls, that you might do something stupid. And we just don't miss, we just don't displace or, or dismiss something when someone does something a little off. We don't just excuse them or say, you don't know what you're doing or you don't fit in. God forbid we would ever do that to our, our, our immediate family, let alone our family here, ever, 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 ever. But we're to embrace one another and walk with one another. 
And again, when we do, God gets glorified. And, and the fruit of what, we're, what we do, it just, it just like goes out before us because it's God working in our life. Then he says, how do you do this? He, you know, Paul tells us and to, to come together as the body, we're to speak the truth in love, to come together as the body, we're to put off the former things that we used to do, and we're to be renewed in mind. We're to bring on things God has us to do. We're to let our eyes out. Let me say it in plain language. Our eyes see godly things, our ears hear godly things. Anything else is negate. Forget it. Don't do it. Now, I can't tell you how many times I see things I shouldn't see, if you will. I mean, you can't even watch TV or commercials without, for me, I just want to shut it off. And I do. You know, you ever see a like a most awesome movie in the whole world, and when it's almost done, they put something stupid in there, something, you know what I mean? And you just, I, I get, I'll get up, and I just, I mean, if, I'm telling you, it happens too much. But I'll get up, and I just, I, I, Trish already knows. She doesn't even ask. I don't, I don't want no part of just even that little stupid thing. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to see it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I get enough of it in the world. I don't, I don't need to bring it in in my home. So here we go. All of that. That was a long summary, wasn't it? Here we go. Go to verse 25. So how do we do this? How do we live a life that's worthy of our calling? How do we come together as a body? How does each part of the body do its work? How do we do that? How does that come about? We have so many personalities, so many different people, so many different characters, so many different ages. And in our case, we have so many different cultures. I think it's still awesome. But we do here. We have so many different people from so many different cultures from all over the world all the time here. How do you do that? Pastor Rowley's not interpreting today because he's he's sick, but we joke all the time. Well, I say we joke. I mean, you got to laugh, right? Because because he's interpreting Spanish in our case, but there's different cultures of Spanish because people from all over the world. We might have someone from from Cuba, from Spain. From get what I'm saying? And he says he say, he goes like this. That's what he says. He goes, be careful sometimes what you say. I have to translate certain things. Like when you say something like stupid or you say something that's off, he said, if I say the wrong word, the wrong culture, they're going to get up and leave because it's like you don't do that, you know. You don't say that. What are you doing? So here we go. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are mem- many members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath or give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who is in need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking put away, be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. Have you been forgiven? 
you know, usually when I read, I study the word or I read, and wherever I, I stop, which in this case is, is right here in verse 32, I, I, I usually just pause at wherever I'm stopping, and the question is, Tony, have you been forgiven? You know, why? Because... Because then I'm not so quick to judge someone else. I'm not so quick to be angry. I'm not so, these things he says we need to put away, these things that, that come into our life and they, you know, maybe not you, but you know, they come, they come in, they come in, they come in, they build up, they build up, they build up. Next thing you know, ah! And, and anger comes out, madness comes out, is hidden in. And what he's saying is, just a deep breath, he says, okay, you want to live a life worthy of your calling. You want a family that will come together and work together. We want a family that will be equipped and know the fullness of the grace of God, that we will be a witness and a testimony, and not only to our, our immediate family, but to the world. He comes back to this over and over and over again. Then stop. Lying. Put it away. There's no place for a lie. The number one thing the devil does is lie. He's, he's the chief of all liars. The devil himself uses lies to get us messed up, distracted, looks for little rights in our life, things that we, we do that, that are outside God's will or his holiness. And then he, what does he do? He, he, he throws a fiery dart and right into that lie. And Paul and the whole word keeps going back to put away lying, speak truth. Put away lying, speak truth. How many times do you speak truth? Every time. Who has a tendency to just let things build up? I do. My hand's up. I'm getting better at it, (laughs) you know? But, But if we have a tendency to let things build up, then that's exactly what we do. And the next thing you know, we start striking out at our family first. The ones we love the most, even our church family, we we will strike out at them. And whenever I see that in my life or someone else's life, where all of a sudden someone is striking out, when when really, where did that come from? You know what I mean? Where did that come from? Well, it came from hurt. That's never been spoken. A truth we think, maybe it is, maybe it's not, that's never been spoken. So he says, put away lying and let us speak truth. Well, well, look, you don't know something's a lie until truth is spoken. The only thing that will reveal untruth is truth. And then he continues to say, be angry and do not sin. Okay, so is it okay to be angry? Anyone here get angry last week? Okay, would anyone like to come up and confess that? Oh, man, we don't have the handheld mic, or I'd, I'd give you an opportunity. How do you be angry and do not sin? Here's the simplicity, if you will, in equipping in the Word of God. How do you be angry and do not sin? I mean, it's okay to be angry and not be sinning? Be careful, right? The answer is yes. He wouldn't say. So how do you do that? How do you be angry and don't sin? Stop lying. 
Stop lying to yourself. Stop lying about the circumstance. Stop. See how this is awesome. I love it. I love the word of God. Stop lying. Are you angry? Someone angry this week? You're still holding on to something? Then seek the truth in it. Stop lying to yourself that you have the right to be angry. Stop lying that you go, well, you know what? It's his fault or her fault and not mine. Stop lying. Speak truth and first speak truth to yourself and then speak truth to the person that you think said something or did something. And even if they did, God says he wants us to be together. He wants us to work together. Stop lying. Be angry, but don't sin. And then in verse 27 where it says, nor give place to the devil. Watch it. Well, sorry. Verse 28. Let him who stole steal no longer. Who here stole something last week? Oh, come on. I asked this question last week, too, and the same result. I had one hand over here. We're not going to you confess up. I wouldn't do that to you. But but li- listen to the, I'm going to say even the principle of this. Let him who stole, stole still no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good. So even if, even if, if you will, we didn't steal something last week. We've, every one of us has st- stolen something in our life, right? But even if we look at the principle of this, it's, you know what? Stop trying to take things away from things that aren't yours. Sometimes we get into someone else's business. And I, this is a stretch. You might go, how do you get that out of steel no longer and work? But think about this. He's saying stop doing the things that are wrong and do the things that are right. You want, uh, you want the result to be glorifying to God. Well, stop doing the wrong things, whether it's stealing or whatever the case may be. And start doing the right things. Don't expect something for nothing and know the world doesn't owe you anything. The world has nothing to offer. When you get right down to it, you know that. You can and you can you can think that we deserve everything until one day it's not there anymore. Okay. So we're put away lying, be angry, and do not sin. Stop stealing. Stop expecting things that, that, that we just ought not to really expect because we, we live in a sin-fallen world. And then this is, this is one, verse 29. Let no, there's a, a N-O, not K-N-O, like we know, but no. Let no corrupt word come out of our mouth. Who here last week had a corrupt word come out of your mouth? It says, let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace. One of the things that that tries to step us up, okay, we're growing, we're maturing, we're doing our best to walk worthy of our call, we're doing our best to be a mom and dad. Okay? We're doing our best to be a grandma, grandpa. Keep it up. Seriously, I mean, I mean that we're doing our we're doing our best to be a deacon. We're doing our best to 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 be an example in the body of Christ or at work or whatever the case may be. Keep it up. 
And then that time comes when that word is said that we can't take back. Now, don't let that condemn you. We've all done it. You know, I don't say that to say, oh, my gosh, I said something uh, 20 years ago, and and I I can't take it back, and, and now it haunts me forever. But just remember, the Bible says we're justified by our words. That, that our tongue, James says, is like, is like a fire that sets course my life. And we're justified by our words. So we're just reminded, we're reminded this morning, we want to live this life where we're coming together, we're glorifying God, we're being a part of the body, we're being a family that glorifies God. Then, then do your best to, to take a deep breath when that word wants to come out that's going to hurt and sting. Because it, it does exactly that. We can ask for forgiveness, but really there's no take backs. But by the same word, by God's grace, we are forgiven. And by God's grace, we move on. Verse 30 says this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Okay, so this is going to wrap this up, but there's so much here in verse 31. Watch this. Let all bitterness, I love the word of God. It doesn't leave room for a lot of interpretation. You know, like when he says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But verse 31 says, let all bitterness. Anyone here have any bitterness in you this morning? I know I keep asking for people to raise their hands. I say, we might as well just all stand and go, here I am, Pastor Tony. Everything you're saying, here I am, God. God. Help! Life is hard, but God is good. So let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So as we're in this journey to become a family, to become strong, not only as, a, as our, our immediate family, but a family of believers that come together, even if you're visiting today and you're a part of the family of God, let us, and I know you do, but take his word to heart. He wants us to be equipped this morning to understand it's not about us, it's about Him. And let's walk this walk worthy of the calling He's given us, and let's do it with intention. And and it's, you know what, when He says, put away lying, be angry, don't sin, uh, steal no longer, don't expect things that, 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 that we'll never achieve from this life. That we're to come to a place, watch this, this is eternal, internal, internal. We're to put away all bitterness. We're to forgive. We're to forgive where we're hurting in places where there seems like there's no take-backs. Those places in our life when we were younger and we were abused. I know this is, this is just real stuff. I don't know what, what to say. 
those places where someone has hurt us, where someone has said something or done something to us that, you know what, we feel like we have the right to hang on to. And I, I know, how do you do this? I mean, I live a life too, right? I've had things happen to me. And, and, and the bottom line is there's, this, there's, there's a time and a place that we, we got to. We must push through some of these things. We got to push through them. God is good. His grace endures forever. He has put before me his word and his spirit in a life that's abundant and free in his peace. Not perfection. We've not achieved that yet. Not, not on earth. We never will. But some of these places in our life from the past, they've got to go. They've got to go. They've got to go. We've got to put them down. We're not going to change things, but God wants to change you and your future. He can't change us when we're stuck in our past. He can't. He doesn't have a magic wand. God doesn't have a magic wand. I don't know if you knew that or not. You think, well, he's God. Of course he has a magic wand. He could just do whatever he wants. But he won't. He won't impose himself on us. He gives us instructions like this. He gives us equipping like this. What is, what is this stuff dealing with? It's dealing with us and who we are. When he talks about lying and, and, and being angry and bitterness and things like this, could, could not God, seriously, could not God just go, oh, it's gone? But he won't because we'll never grow. We'll never trust him. So when he says, put away bitter, bitterness and wrath, he's saying, look, those things that have made you bitter, whether it's the past, whether it's things that were in your control or out of your control, whatever those things that have made you bitter, and you go, well, I've forgiven them, I've moved on from them. Yes, maybe you have, but you want, here's a progression that takes place. You want to know whether you've moved on from things in your past or things that are making you bitter? Here's, here's the progression. Do you talk about it? Well, you know what? I've forgiven that guy a long time ago. But I can't believe, you know, that he even did that. And, and it's still there. It still hides in your heart. He says, put these things away. Don't, don't, don't even express them. Because as you go here and it says, put away from you, it says, let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking. There's a progression that takes place here. It kind of goes like from the bitterness within you all of a sudden to a criticism or a critical spirit. Or, or the things that you express. But the first thing, this, this is it. The first thing to realizing a body that's growing is, number one, it's together. It's supporting one another and praying for one another and helping one another. And then a second thing we'll realize I'd like for us to take home this morning is we need to come to a place in our own hearts and no matter what comes our way or has come our way and no matter what does come our way that we learn to respond to them in love i know that's hard that we stop reacting to so many things whether we got busy lives and we keep reacting to our children just you know stop it leave it alone why why not do that because i told you so we stop reacting to these things and we start responding 
to this thing that God has given us, life. And life in him for, for, I think, most probably in this room. That we grow up. We become mature and we mature more and more and more that we might get beyond ourselves and actually start to be an expression of who God is in us. And that those around us might come to a place to know that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. I would rarely, rarely say this, but I'm going to. This morning, I'm disjointed. If it sounds that way, but I'm disjointed. Now, here's what I mean. I go full circle. God knows when your spouse is not with you. God knows these things that come against you. God knows when you've lost a spouse or a child. God knows every single heart in this room, including mine. And when I keep saying this morning, God is good, either he is or he's not. His love and his grace that endures forever, forever he wants us to be built up and to work and to pray for one another. Why do I feel disjointed? Well, Miss Trish isn't here. Why do I feel disjointed? Because I'm tired. Anyone tired this week? <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm t- it's okay. I'm not, I'm really, seriously, not complaining, but I'm just tired. <laughs> and then when I come here, there's just something about it. We sing together. I mean, I had, I'm filled with the Spirit. I have the Spirit of God in me because I'm a believer, but I'm filled with that love and that joy that only He can give. And I see the faces and the smiles, and I just go, yes, God. Thank you. Thank you for family. Thank you for, for church family. Thank you for our immediate family. Thank you for this moment. this question, is there anyone here this morning that would say, Pastor Tony, um, you know, I don't know if I have that relationship you're talking about with God. You know, you keep saying, repenting of your sin and putting your trust in Jesus, that, that Jesus is God's son and that he lived a perfect life and he was crucified for my sin. He, he was buried and he rose again. Is there anyone here this morning that says, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what you mean, and, and I really believe that today's my day to receive that salvation. Today's my day to put my trust in Jesus as my Savior. Is there anyone here that would, would testify to that? Because we'll pause and we'll pray, and as a body, we'll walk beside you this morning that would say, Pastor Tony, today, today's my day of salvation. I know for a lot of churchgoers, you're just going, Pastor Tony, I cannot believe you just asked people to do that. And we didn't bow, to close our eyes and bow our heads. I tell you, I, there's a place for that. But when an all-knowing, loving God starts speaking to a heart, you don't need your eyes closed to know it. So as a body of believers in this room, for those that put your hand in the air, 
I, I believe God's already been speaking to you, and I believe he's already prepared your heart. If not, you've already come to that place of repentance. Only he knows. But as a body of believers, listen, we talk about in Sunday school this morning, we talk about the fear of sharing our faith. A lot of people fear sharing their faith. But as a body of believers right now, be praying for the prayers of the saints, for the prayers of the righteous man, righteous woman avail much. Be praying as the heavenlies are stirred and, and, and God and the Spirit of God and the Word of God speaks His truth. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's everyone in this room. The ones that put their hands up, the ones that didn't put their hands up, the ones that have bowed their heart before God before. We all are sinners that fall short of God's glory. And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And the one and only way to be reconciled to God is through Jesus. Jesus said in John, For I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So even now, the hands that were raised, the hearts that were bowed, Father, we love you, we praise you, and we believe in your word. We believe and know that you are the only one that can impart to us the faith that we need to be saved. And in Jesus' name, we rejoice and claim salvation. Today is the day of salvation, even for those that put their hand up, for those that you're stirring up their hearts right now. I remember that day well. I repented and believed. You spoke to my heart so clearly. Right now, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved.